Hey, who's that annoying big mouth in Pittsburgh who never shuts up about the salary cap? Tell him once and for all, we don't need a salary cap. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of your salary cap-free Pittsburgh Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or Hockey, I also offered daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates, five. Dodgers, one. And that does not begin to tell the tale of the dominance of the team with the, I don't know, what do they have now, $50, $60 million payroll against the one that has a payroll five times that size with the Dodgers now approaching $300 million. You know, it happens. And sometimes when it happens, usually when it happens, it's kind of fluky and it's a run here or there uh, or a really uh, bad pitcher who happens to be taking the mound for the team with the bazillion-dollar payroll. None of that. None of that applied here. The Pirates got Jack Sawinski's first big league home run, which, by the way, was a 425-foot blast off the batter's eye in center. And remind me to tell you something about that before I close out this segment. There also was another home run by Michael Perez, his second in as many days. So, so much for the catching problem, right? Brian Hayes with three hits. He's now batting three thirty-three. Brian Reynolds, Michael Chavis, Yoshi Tetsugo, Diego Castillo, and Ben Gamble, each with two hits. The hit totals for the game were 15-4 to in Pittsburgh's favor. This was really a blowout by pretty much any measure, and the fact that it came against a Los Angeles pitcher, Julio Urias, who'd given up a total of 14 hits over his previous four starts. That's something in and of itself. But then from the Pittsburgh side, you've got Jose Quintana producing the team's first win for a starting pitcher since the third week of September, as in last year, as well as the first quality start. And it was really quality. Six innings, no runs, two hits. Five Ks against four walks. Outstanding work by Quintana. Here's what Derek Shelton had to say about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've deployed them differently. And as we've talked about, and Q did a hell of a job. I mean, he pitched really well. He executed all right-handed lineup that uh, is as good a lineup as you'll see in the National League. And he did a really nice job. From there, Anthony Bonda comes on two-thirds of a scoreless inning. Will Crow bounces back from that really weird appearance in Cincinnati where he was forced to pitch to Josh Van Meter as the emergency backup catcher, and it visibly threw him off with an inning and a third of scoreless uh, relief with a strikeout in there. David Bednar comes in and gives up a who-cares home run, but he closes it out. And yeah, what was that? And where was it in Cincinnati? And is it really all that driven? By Quintana? 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. As much credit as I'm happy to give to Quintana for his work, I really don't sense that this is the genesis of what happened last night. The Pirates had you know, a couple of pretty decent starting efforts out in Cincinnati, too, and it didn't matter. And I'm definitely not going to attribute it to any kind of David versus Goliath thing. Um, you're going to have to take my word for it. Inside a major league clubhouse, whether it's Los Angeles's or Pittsburgh's, you will not hear players talking about payrolls or comparative salaries, uh, certainly not as it relates to facing that team. You're going to have the Dodgers express in certain subtle ways being disappointed because they you know, lost to a team that's in a certain spot in the standings, that's been in a certain spot in the standings for a long time. But you're not going to see them say, yeah, we make five times as much as those guys, or we've got a couple of players who make more than that entire team. Actually, they don't. So if anyone's going to try to attach any extra relevance to this, it's going to be people on the outside, people like me. And I'm perfectly happy to do that because and I'm going to underscore a negative here. This team always needed to take the 2022 season more seriously than it did and more seriously than it has continued to do. Whether that's at the general manager's level or the manager's level, there is value in events like this. The entire organization notices it. They don't talk about why they notice it, but they do. They look across the field at the Dodgers, and I'm being symbolic here, with a, an awe. That is a team that everyone expects to be there, that should be there with all the money that they spend and the way they hoard everyone else's good players. But if the Pirates are, even for one night, capable not only of beating this team, but of pummeling them. That's something that lifts up the spirits of everyone at every single level of the organization. And when you're talking about Pittsburgh, it cuts across the baseball slash business boundaries. Everyone who works at 115 Federal, administrative people, they walk into work with their head held a little bit higher this morning. This stuff matters. I don't believe for a split second that I'm going to be able to convince the people in charge of that because all of everything to them is about this and that and prospect this and it's going to look good in two, three years or sooner than you think, as Ben Charrington says. There is no harm whatsoever in doing some winning and doing some improving right now at the major league level, which I do feel obligated to Continue repeating into infinity is the only level that matters. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. Time for J1Q, and today's comes from Matt Cochran, who asks simply, how good of a pickup was Jose Quintana? All right, here I go. Nobody who works on this side of the fence for a living ever feels super comfortable saying that they're wrong or they blew it or that they were unfair, which is the worst of all. And I'm about to tell you that regarding Quintana, I was wrong. I blew it. And worst of all, I was unfair. When Quintana was signed, I saw no use for it because he wouldn't be and still won't be part of the team's longer term future. And as much as I'm okay with bringing in guys who are stop gaps or this one, as I'd spoken all the way back to when he was signed, didn't seem like a real prudent one. I, I liked the Tyler Anderson signing the year before. I felt like Anderson could give the Pirates some quality starts and could build himself up into a real asset by the trade deadline, which is the main reason that you bring in someone like this, in addition to, of course, the pie-in-the-sky notion that you'd be competing for something at any point in the year. Jose was a good bit off from his best years. Jose was and is 33 years old, which isn't exactly a great year for a turnaround, even if you're a lefty. And this was by far the most misguided portion of my overall stance. I thought Jose might actually take innings away from pitchers who would, you know, earn them. Any younger guys here. Well, most of them have been terrible. So if Jose would take four of the five starts right now, he still wouldn't be hurting anyone's development. That's just how bad the rotation's been. So this, this is my official, public, uh, unconditional apology to Jose Quintana. Uh, I should have considered that someone of his past pedigree would have it within him to continue to be competitive and that he would be able to find the stuff and the command and the poise that had served him well in the past. And, and he did, and he's done that. He's been very, very good. He's been the Pirates' best pitcher by such a wide margin that there isn't even a worthy number two. And in fact, the only number two in this discussion was my stance on Jose going into this season. That was a big pile, a big steaming pile of number two on my part. Now, ideally, Jose continues this. He does provide some kind of trade return when the time comes. And as Tyler Anderson also did uh, last summer, maybe he rubs off on some other guys. Maybe a Mitch Keller watches Jose pitch the way he did last night and sees, man, this doesn't have to be that hard. You know, this doesn't have to be all that exhaustive. And you don't even need to throw 99 miles an hour. You can just pitch, just pitch. Watching someone just pitch is so much more entertaining than watching them throw, even in this era of everyone monitoring everyone's velocity in all directions. I will take a pitcher. I will take 
Jose Quintana in my rotation, and I promise to be better on this count moving forward. I really appreciate that you asked about this, Matt. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow, ideally on a very similar subject, right? 